Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome back to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. Um, I was actually just chatting with today's guest, Seema. Seema Shamash and I go back a couple years now, but it feels like we've gone back way farther than that lifetimes at this point. Um, She is admittedly one of my favorite human beings, one of my favorite people to connect with. I feel like over the years we have learned so much from each other. Our soul's paths have just kind of been in alignment where it's like, hey, like I realized this. Did you realize? Yeah, I'm I'm reading this too. I just heard a podcast about that. Yeah, I'm just really interested in that. Um, And I hope that all of you listening to this have at least one person in your life that you are able to have those types of conversations with. And Seema is absolutely one of those people for me. And for those of you who don't know Seema, Seema is a spiritual liaison specializing in connecting people to their spirit council. This council, and we're going to get into this a little bit today, this council consists of high-level angels assigned to you before you were born. We're also going to talk a little bit about the galactic people that come in for sure. Um, Your spirit council works together to guide you on your awakening journey. That's something also that spiritually Seema and I really align with and that she really helps people through. I have a lot of clients who are like, I'm going through my spiritual awakening and I need some help. Seema is definitely the person who can help guide you and support you through that. Um, Sessions for Seema, she does cord cutting, removing entities, diving to past lives, spiritual coaching, and so much more. The goal of each session is to connect that person more deeply to their highest selves and help them connect deeply to their divine feminine essence, um, which I feel like is something else we will start to chat about a little bit today. Seema, I, as you know, am beyond excited to be able to have this conversation with you. It has been many months in the making where we're like, is now the right time? Is now the right time? No, (laughs) it's now the right time. And finally, the stars really align. We're like, yeah, now, now is the right time to record. So today's the the right time. (laughs) Today is the right time. And it's, it's a Friday afternoon. (laughs) It's literally like party vibes up in here. So for the people who aren't as familiar with you, you could just give the nice little like cliff notes version of where you started, what your spiritual awakening actually looked like and where you're kind of hanging out now. Okay, I will give cliff note versions of this. I started my spiritual <laughs> awakening 10 years ago. I was 23, a dental hygienist. I knew that dental hygiene wasn't what I was supposed to do. And in working where I was working, I would always feel energies of like people that have like passed on around me. And that is where all of this started because I realized I can connect to people that have passed on and like that is an actual thing. I found out I was a medium and it just resonated with my soul. I'm like, that's what I meant to do. Um, I moved to New York to work with my mentor because she was the one that was teaching me how to use my gift. While I was in New York, I got really sick, came back to LA and through this feeling really sick, this was six years ago. That is where the massive part of my awakening of learning about my own traumas, about emotional intelligence, about past lifetimes, about what our souls are, about where it comes from, and just all of the things. Like 
being sick really was my compass and guiding me to myself and really to my healing and my whole self. And this whole journey has just been so magnificent. And that's how my gift grew. It was through this journey that I realized, oh my God, I'm not channeling their loved ones that have passed on. I'm channeling something else. It looks like a council. And that's where I discovered the spirit council and what spirit council does for us and how they support us in our journey. And as that went on, then the galactic council started coming through and I was like, oh my God, the galactics are also a thing. And so here we are today where I work with your spirit council and now galactic council for those that it comes through for. And I just guide people on their journey in whatever way it's needed for them. Mm, Yeah. And I feel like that's something that you and I have actually talked about a lot going back in your story a little bit, because I also have part of my spiritual awakening was tied to a really intense health journey and really had to walk with chronic health problems, chronic illness. Um, both of us are really, really passionate about non-toxic living and being healthy and um, making sure that we're taking really good care of our bodies. And so, so when you were sharing about your journey, one of the things that both you and I share is part of our spiritual awakening was related to health and all the messages that we got through walking through some health challenges, some chronic illness, and also finding our way to really taking care of our vessel in a different way, finding different ways to kind of listen, pay attention, and not necessarily take things because they're symptoms. What would you say is the turning point for you when you really started thinking about your body as more than just this thing that was holding you back and actually this thing that you were actually working in tandem with? I feel like that is a lesson that I'm like continuing to learn deeper and deeper and deeper. But when I finally had my realization that there is this connection between the two and the body just isn't this thing that is like a machine that needs to be fixed and the emotions are actually guiding all of these things was when I think it was back in like 2019, I did a personal development training and that was the time that I was still really sick. I hadn't worked in years. I couldn't even go to work as a dental hygienist. And I was like, I will try anything. So there's this personal development training, whatever, let me go. And previously would never do things like that because my ego was too through the roof of like, I I've got this. I'm fine. (laughs) So when I went to the training, it was a five day training. And I was really nervous of how's my body going to handle this because I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And it's all day for five days. How am I going to do this? And those trainings are all about your emotions and taking accountability and understanding these things. And I noticed every single day from being there, I felt better. I felt better. I could show up. I had the energy. I wasn't tired. And some of the trainings would be like, it would go over time. So I would go to bed at like one in the morning. By the time I got home, I'd wake up at like six to be back at the training eight in the morning, the next day, be there all the way till midnight. And I was fine. Hmm. I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? All I'm doing is processing emotions and I'm feeling better. And that's where it like clicked to me. I'm like, there's something here. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting that you share about that because I think that was one of the pieces for me that was really interesting about, you know, so much of my identity was wrapped up in either, you know, having a birth defect and having to have surgery or, you know, with Lyme disease, it was like constantly like being sick, going to the doctor. And it was like this piece that I had taken on as part of who 
I was. And it was when I started to separate myself as like, okay, you know what? This is something I have or something I'm walking through. This is a challenge that I'm experiencing. However, this isn't me. This isn't who I am. And I get to have choice over how I'm interacting with this thing that Mm -hmm. my body is going through. And being able to start to actually communicate with my body with love and compassion instead of like, oh, I hate you. You're not doing what I want you to do. What's wrong with you? And like seeing it as this thing that needed to be fixed. And I feel like that was also where I started to see what was like my soul, what was my spiritual self, and then what was my physical self and my physical Mm -hmm. vessel. And that is something else that you and I have really kind of like talked about because we, you know, we lovingly refer to it as our meat suit, right? We talk about that all the time. And so when you're thinking about your personal work and also your work with your clients, what is some of the things that come up when people are first learning how to disconnect themselves from their physical body and like really see themselves as more than just what it is that's coming up for them? Um, In that physical sense, I think what really supports them is when they're in a session and they're hearing messages about themselves, about their lives that resonate so very deeply with them from a stranger that they just met. It's in that moment where they're like, there's something bigger than this. I'm bigger than just this body and what I'm experiencing and what's going on. And that curiosity starts to take on. And just that connection with like right here in your heart where you feel something so deep there of like, there's this knowing, there's this feeling that all of a sudden creates this separation of like your identity as like a soul versus the old identity of like you and this body and this like machine. And, and it all of a sudden expands and it's, it's curiosity that kicks in that you're like, what is this feeling? Wait, what is this? Something feels different here. And that really then starts to take off and it takes each person on their own individual journey. And to piggyback off of what you were saying about really disconnecting from what your body was experiencing and being like, this is not me, because it's very easy to take on the identity of chronic illness, whatever it may be, whether you know what it is or it's a mystery of what it is. At some point, it it begins to become your identity. And so we start to identify with it, but then we're also fighting it of, oh, I don't want this. I don't want to feel like this. This doesn't feel good. For me, the moment where I stopped identifying with it and being like, okay, this symptom exists. I am experiencing these things. And it is a disconnection from my true self, but this is not me. I no longer accept this. It's like something clicked in me. And this is right before you and I met in person and I shared the story with you. I had that realization of like, these symptoms are not me. And that was when it was like divine intervention. This person came into my life and just looked at me and was like, you have heavy metal toxicity. This is what you need to go focus on. And here's where it came from. And lo and behold, a few months later, finally got tested for it. And I found out I had been dealing with lead poisoning. And it was only that moment where I finally separated myself from the symptoms and separated my identity and said, I'm experiencing this, but this is not me, that the answer was able to even find me. Mm. And I think going off of that, it's one of those things because 
you know, in full honesty for everyone who's listening, you know, Seam and I were talking before we started recording. We're like, what should we talk about today? And we were both like, you know what? We'll just see whatever comes through. And the thing that's coming through really clearly for me right now as we're sitting here is really having a discussion around identity because so much of the work that I have been able to witness you walk through has been around identity, not only relating to your physical health and your physical body, but also culturally, familial-wise, yeah. relationally, yeah. Um, how you see yourself, how you see yourself in relationship to other people. You have really deconstructed and reconstructed all of it and actually come back to realizing that there are certain things that you align with that you had rejected, even though you truly align with them, because originally you were aligning with them for the wrong reasons or for something other than what you wanted. Mm-hmm. So much of this healing journey has really been it healing journeys and awakening journeys are always about coming home to yourself. But then sometimes we wonder, what does that even mean? And it really on like the physical form, it is our identity of who we are, who we came here to be, what makes us shine, what makes us happy, what creates a spark in us. And I feel like in our world, it's been a one size fits all of men should look like this. Women should look like this. This is normal behavior for men. This is normal behavior for women. This is how we should act. And then you get into these smaller groups of like different communities and something you and I spoke so much about is I'm Persian Jewish and this community and the standards and the rules and regulations that how women need to be. And I don't fit 99% of those categories. And so this identity piece, like really who we came here to be and the things that spark our joy is exactly what our soul chose to do and be in this lifetime. And so when we experience disease in our body, it's that we are at ease in our body. And so it really links to that identity portion of, well, who did you come here to be that you're not allowing yourself to be? Because now your body is speaking to you through these specific ailments that you're having. And so a part of a huge part of the journey is about authenticity and really coming home to yourself. And I saw this thing the other day that was talking about they they tested the frequencies of different emotions. And we used to think love had the highest frequency, but they realized that authenticity, a person being authentic to themselves has the highest frequency, even higher than love. Yeah. And actually, if you could share a little bit more about that, because some of the things that I've actually seen you share about recently have been really about owning Mm -hmm. your authenticity and really taking ownership because there was a big divide between who you thought you had to show up as, as somebody who's spiritual, as somebody who's a medium, as somebody who's in this work, and how you actually truly are as a person, as a soul, as a being, and being able to give yourself permission to actually be yourself. I love this question. I think it's my favorite question. (laughs) Because I thought that as a medium, as someone who's spiritually gifted, I had to show up as like, holy, a woman of God and grounded and nice. And it's almost like my sass and my personality and all those things had to go away. And then being a Persian Jewish girl, it has always been around sit down, be pretty, look pretty, just smile. And so my authentic self between these two things was literally just being suppressed and like, don't even look at who you are, Seema. And it's something that I really deeply struggled with and something we spoke so much about. 
And I realized in this process that I'm like, if I want to honor myself, I just get to fully be me. And this goes layer by layer. It's not a, you just realize everything all at once, maybe for some people, but it goes layer by layer. And one thing I realized is that while I am a very divinely gifted woman, I'm also very sassy. I'm also very like, I, I have so much sass and attitude to me. I'm not always nice and always love. I am straight forward. I'm straight to the point. I'm cutthroat sometimes. That's love. That's my version of love. And then I also felt like as a spiritual woman, you shouldn't like luxury things or superficial things because they're so superficial. And so I kind of just like threw all of that out. And that identity I had to luxury items, also from the community that I grew up with, luxury items were all about covering up everything, just having an image where it's like, really shitty on the inside, but on the outside, it looks glorious. And so I struggled with this thing of, well, don't like anything nice. Like you shouldn't like brand name stuff. You shouldn't like any of those things because it's superficial and it's band-aiding. But as I went through this journey, I was like, wait, I really like wearing Chanel shoes. I really like having expensive handbags because I'm not Payless shoes shoes. A reflection of me is Chanel shoes. I like luxury items. I like things to be beautiful And that's where it was very challenging for me for a little while because I had associated liking these things to being superficial and being a part of the Persian Jewish community. So I had to rewire what it meant to me. And I realized these things were just a reflection of me, how my soul wanted to express itself in this life. Because I tried the other one and it didn't feel good to me. But when I put on expensive stuff, it feels really good to me. And I realized I'm like, this is actually honoring my soul, honoring how I choose to express myself, how I enjoy expressing myself. It's no longer a Band-Aid. It's actually and like it amplifies the real me and who I am. And so the more I started to honor myself, the more I started to remember who I really am, how I like to show up, how I like to present myself. Wearing makeup was another one of those things because makeup to me was cover up all of the pain and the emotional trauma you're feeling and just look pretty. And so there's a point in my life that I was like, screw makeup. And I didn't wear makeup for years because I was like, no. And I had this really negative relationship to makeup because it was a Band-Aid until I really started to heal. And I was like, wait, makeup doesn't need to be a cover up anymore to cover up the pain. It could really just be, again, like amplify who I am and how I like to express myself and how I like to look and feel. And I like things to look pretty and like makeup just like, you know, puts the finishing touches on this canvas that is my face. And so I've, I've just realized the more authentic I am with myself and the more that I honor myself and who I am, not only do I feel better, but then it gives permission to everyone around me Be your authentic selves. Maybe you don't like makeup. Maybe you could care less about luxury items. Perfect. What does it look like for you? And when you give people that permission, there's this freedom that just comes. There's this natural healing that just comes to just be you. What does it look like for you? There really are no rules. And you know what? The other thing that I have seen you step into and seen you speak about and start to share about a little bit more recently has also been stepping into what the divine feminine is and what that means and what that looks like and what it means to actually embody that. And if you could just share a little bit more about how that journey has been for you, because I know you have gone through periods of 
essentially like fierce independence. And then where mm-hmm. you're at now, you still identify as being very independent, but what you're calling in, in terms of divine partnership is a lot softer and a lot different than yeah. what you felt like you were available for previously. I think the biggest lie that had ever been fed to me was this idea that feminine had this look and this image of nice, sweet, nurturing, never yelling, just always like nice, sweet, pretty and nurturing and mother and wife. And that's it. And so to me, it was always that is the embodiment of being a woman. If you're anything else, you're being in your masculine. And so as I went on this feminine, this divine feminine awakening journey and connecting to my feminine, I really realized the feminine is this full range anywhere from like the destroyer of things and like standing up for herself and being fiery and passionate and sexual. I feel like sex is one of the things that they suppress in women. It's like, it's only for men. If women do it, it's wrong. But being embodied in your sexuality and your sensuality is so divinely feminine. And of course, being nurturing and gentle is an aspect, just one tiny aspect of the divine feminine. When I started to remember these things, it made me realize that my feminine is not just this. I was forcing myself to be, if you're feminine, it's just nice, sweet, nurturing, loving, and that's it. Cook and clean. And that's the only thing of the feminine. When I realized the different archetypes of the feminine, it really allowed me to see myself because I have this fiery side to myself. I have this side that speaks up and stands up and shows up and is not afraid to destroy things in her life that need to be done so she could build new. That's all the divine feminine. And when I realized that's not actually masculine, that's feminine, it really brought me home to myself so I could recognize who I am as a woman. Of course, I have that deeply nurturing side to me who also wants to be a mother. And in relationship with the masculine, I want to feel very feminine. I want to feel feminine in the way of I am protected. I am provided for. I like to take on the role of the nurturer and the mother and the wise one and the intuitive and hold that space in that place. And that feels so good to me. But then there's also in that other aspect of my life where I am very fiery. I am very straightforward. I am very like goddess of destruction. If things got to go, let's break it down and go. I am very rebellious. I am very like these rules don't align to me. I'm not going to do this. When I first learned about the goddess Lilith, I was like, hold on a second. Who is this queen? And why has she been demonized in history? Because she was like, no, I am not doing this. And it's such a big thing that they've done to women that when we stand up and say no to something, it's almost like, oh, you are no longer allowed here. You are exiled. But it's like, no, that is such a divine aspect of our feminine. And I think that it's been the miscommunication or like the misrepresentation of what feminine is meant to be that has so many women feeling that if they want to be strong and fiery, it's only from their masculine. And it is so false because as a divine feminine being, we have that fire. We have that energy within us. And it's it's almost like I've seen so many women who want to express their sexuality and be embodied in that way. They Then they want to like act like men as if only men are allowed to be deeply sexual. And if a woman is like that, oh, it's like you're a man. No. When we connect to Mary Magdalene, oh my God, that is the embodiment 
of our sensuality and sexuality. It's it's even in that embodiment that we get to call in our divine love in our partnership. And so this remembrance of the divine feminine has been one of the greatest journeys for me. And it's something that I'm so passionate about and why I love working with women, because remembering our divine feminine and what that looks and feels like for us, again, it's not one size fits all. It's very different for all of us, but remembering that and seeing what we really like to embody is one of my favorite parts of this awakening journey. And I think one of the most crucial parts for our world, because when women are aligned with themselves, it allows this massive healing to happen around our planet. You know, it's really interesting because when you're bringing up healing around the planet, that's the other thing you and I have been talking about a lot lately. And it's been so interesting. And this is where I said in the beginning of the recording that Seema is one of those people where like, I think I've discovered something. And she's like, yeah, like me too, like just simultaneously at the same time. And then I also noticed like most other people who are just like tapped in and conscious and awake and aware, we're all kind of getting the same downloads at the same time. And Mm -hmm. it's really powerful. And I think that's also why we need to be more open about actually having these conversations because chances are you're actually not alone. And that's one Mm -hmm. of the things I really love about the way that you show up and the way that you share on social media, because you're like, y'all, I throw out my Stanley cup yesterday. Y'all I'm (laughs) reading about aliens, like guys, you know, and like you have done so much work to be able to show up so authentically and unapologetically and really own own what is real and true for you and know that like, yeah, it might resonate. It might not resonate. That's okay. But the only thing you're responsible for is speaking your truth. And I've watched you be able to like step into that fiery, like divine feminine where like you are a destroyer and a nurturer and a builder and, you know, a mother and a wise woman all at the same time. And I am constantly watching you just blow things up and like reconstruct them like all of the time. Um, and very recently we both kind of became very aware because you channel, I channel, and we're like, wait, there's like this whole other energy that's trying to like come through right now. Like what is going on? And, um, I started to get back into, um, Dolores Cannon. Like if anyone hasn't read her work, you absolutely should recommended it to Seema. Seema like jumped on it right away and was like, oh my gosh. And as we were both reading, um, the, the book that I recommend to Seema was the three um, waves of the volunteers of the new earth. And, we were both reading it and we're like, this is not new, new information like at all. We're reading it and we're like, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. okay, yep, mm-hmm, oh, that checks out. Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Like nothing new necessarily is coming through, but so much confirmation. And it was really interesting because we became aware of this and then Seema goes and she goes to Awaken, which she can kind of like talk about and now is able to actually have conversations because the thing that people don't realize is that as much as we have ancestors and, you know, people who have passed on and we have our spirit guides and we have that, that there's actually also (laughs) this whole other group of people (laughs) like, you know, and and that's whether you want to call them like fifth dimensional beings or aliens or what galactic, whatever you want to call it. Like there is just this compassionate intelligence. And I know like 
for those of you who are like, wow, we went from leadership to talking about aliens. Yes, y'all. It's season two. We're getting into the real stuff. Um, and that's why Seema waited this long to get on the podcast because we really knew that we were going to get get weird with y'all. But hang in there a second because I would really love for you, Seema, because you are so good at being open and honest about your experiences, just to share a little bit about what the journey has been like for you as a medium and as somebody who actively channels for yourself almost on a daily basis. It's a wild journey. <laughs> it's a physically sometimes exhausting journey. This is why I give so much praise to all of my fellow like light workers and channels because I don't know if people realize, but it is such a physical toll on our body to take these energies in, have these downloads, channel for people. Of course, it feels so right for us to do it. That's why we do it. But it is such a physical, like learning how to continuously honor our physical body and how much we could do. And it's just, it's very, it's, it's very challenging sometimes, but it's the most rewarding thing ever. Like I could never imagine doing anything else because this feels so fulfilling and so good. And it is, literally what I came on this earth to do. Um, and then, you know, as you continue to grow and evolve, your gift grows and evolves. And I never thought in a million years that I would be connecting to the galactics. And I like calling them the galactics. And that was a whole other upgrade in my body. My vessel had to go through an upgrade. And I felt it a lot deeply for weeks as it was like, literally incorporating this energy into my body so that I can receive with ease. And it has been, it has just been the most beautiful journey. <laughs> and that was actually something where I remember like you were actually talking to me about that. Um, and it was also, I was reading it in the book. It was the part in the book where um, the, essentially the consciousness that Dolores Cannon is talking to mm -hmm. is giving, I think it was a woman, like they're saying like, yeah, like you're feeling unwell right now because your body is actually going through all of these like cellular changes. It's literally yeah. changing your DNA so that you can actually understand the information that we're trying to give you. Yeah. And you know, I, I will be so honest. Like if I listen to the podcast that you guys are hopefully still listening to a couple years ago, like this podcast, this conversation that we were having right now, I'd be like, okay, you guys are like way out there. Like what the heck is going on? I know it's the same for you, Seema. Like mm -hmm. even being a medium, there were certain things where you're like, oh, okay, like it makes sense that I can channel like people's past loved ones. And then you realize like, oh, wow, that wasn't even what I was doing. There's actually like spirit guides and a spirit council. And that spirit council consists of all these different types of energies. And there are people who are here and they're more human. There's also people here that aren't fully human, mm -hmm. um, that their souls are actually more connected to this galactic type of energy. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of them here on this earth now because of the transitional space that we yeah. are in as a planet. Um, and that's something else that I feel like I would love your take on in terms of how you have been, and this is going to be controversial for some people, but I know Seema can handle it, but like how you have been observing and interacting with all of the things that have been going on in our planet, because 
one of the things that you and I talk about a lot is the fact that like fear is not the answer. Fear is actually the thing that's going to like bring us down. It is the thing that's actually going to keep the vibration really, really low. So how can we be aware and still be interacting with the world around us, but still observing it and not giving into fear? And I feel like that's something you've really come into a beautiful dance with over the past couple of years. You know, I will give so much of like this to the galactics and what I've learned in being able to channel them and remembering their energy and how they serve and protect our planet. It's, I feel like we're in a time where we're like, oh my God, who's for us? Who's against us? The ones we thought that were to protect us aren't. What's happening is so much fear. And I've noticed that more and more on like, whether you watch the news or don't watch the news, Instagram is another news source. Like there's so many things being exposed now. And it does, it creates and it generates a lot of fear, even down to realizing Monsanto on our crops. And now they're like in this huge lawsuit because there's chemicals and it's killing you. So the fruits and vegetables you're eating are actually poison. And here's like, and that's just like one really simple example of it. And so we're just like, what, what do we eat? Everything's killing us. What is happening? And so I sat with myself one day and this is after I had my galactic awakening. And I was like, you guys give me the answers because you guys are doing something up there that I wasn't aware of before. And now I am. So what is this? So this is happening. It's generating fear. Fear doesn't feel good. Give me another perception on this. And so what they showed me, they're like, see, ma'am, we neutralize a lot of energy that's happening here. There's a lot of energy happening on earth. And this could have destructed earth hundreds of years ago because it has been like chaos and mayhem here. And they're like, we neutralize a lot of this energy. The only thing is, it's the fear. The fear is what continues to create. So a big reason why in this time of earth that you guys are allowed to see a lot of the dysfunction that's happening is not because the dysfunction is actually doing something to your body, it's because it'll generate fear and that'll allow for this energy to continue. Mm -hmm. And then they showed me, we see a lot of, what are those... um, The chemtrails. Yes, thank you. A (laughs) lot of chemtrails everywhere, especially around LA. And I said, tell me about the chemtrails because these things bring me fear. And they're putting it in my air. What am I going to do? They're like, again, Seema, we neutralize these things. We protect our own. We protect what's happening on earth. But they're allowing you guys to now hear about chemtrails and have this whole conspiracy. Is it? Is it not? Who knows? But by them exposing it, it generates fear. And so fear keeps you stuck. Mm-hmm. And that's when I all of a sudden realized, oh my God, the number one, I'll use the term weapon that is being used against us is fear. That's it. Yeah. We have the power in our bodies, in our vessels to say, no, I don't claim that. I will not claim this. Our bodies are so divinely intelligent. If we say yes to something, our body takes it. If we say no to something, our body is like, nope, sorry, can't, no vibrational resonance there. It's really that simple and it's fear that lowers our vibration that allows these lower vibrational things to be of resonance to us like sickness and illness and disease. Just because the flu, and I think I spoke about this yesterday, I'm like, just because the common cold goes around every year at wintertime, people believe it's cold and flu season, I'm going to catch a cold, I'm going to get the flu. You are believing that, you are resonating your body's energy with that, therefore you get it. But if you say, no, I don't claim this, I don't accept this, I don't need this, 
my vessel is sacred, I'm holy. What is disease for? What is that going to serve me? There's no need to get sick. And I think people like you and I, and we've spoken about this, anytime we do get sick, there's a lesson. It's a teacher. It's not on accident ever. It is a messenger. And so only those times will we get sick and we'll learn the lesson and we'll rise above it. But this idea of, oh, I'm just going to get sick to get sick. No, stop claiming that. And we have such divine protection over our planet that we have not been made aware of. And we have such divine protection over our vessels that we are not even aware of until we remember. And that's one of the things that we learn in these Dolores Cannon books. And for anyone else who's ever experienced any type of abduction by aliens and they think it's so bad, when in reality, what they're doing is they're putting chips in your body or working on your body to heal it. And this is done, this has happened to so many people that don't even actually have conscious remembrance of this. Mm -hmm. And what they are doing is they're supporting your vessel in healing, in realignment, in recalibrating to wholeness. That exists. And it just comes down to our thoughts, our beliefs, and our fears. That is the only thing. And that's one of the things the Galactics have told me. They're like, the only thing that we can't take away from you is your fear. And your fear will still continue to create these realities for you, whether it's in your physical body or in your physical manifestation of your life. That is what you get to work on. Change your mind change your thoughts because you are so divinely protected. When I remembered that this fear just dropped. Sure. Does it come up sometimes? Absolutely. And I experience it, but I'm like, wait, what am I, what am I fearing? And what is fear even serving in this space? I am so divinely protected. I'm so divinely guided. My body is so strong. It doesn't need to hold on to any of these things. Exit my vessel. You don't need to be here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what is there to fear then? Yeah. And the thing that I will say is for anyone who is listening to this right now and your brain is like, what the fuck? I don't understand. (laughs) Right. I'm really going to invite you to try to take what you're hearing out of your brain and really put it in your body because Mm -hmm. I don't know about any of you listening, but three different times when Seema was speaking, I got full body like energy chills. Right. And that to me is my body, my soul, right? giving me a yes, right? Mm -hmm. That's anytime I feel that I'm like, Ooh, okay. Like that's a, yeah, that's my compass. I, that's my soul remembering something that is capital T truth. It is true. My brain might, might not comprehend it. My brain might not understand it. My brain might be telling me this is weird. We don't know what the hell she's talking about, but my body's like, no, we, yes, this is truth. This is true. I remember. And, you know, even just to take it back, there's so many people now who have no problems like signing on for like Wim Hof, right? I actually personally, I love Wim Hof. I think he's great. But when we look at like what Wim Hof can do with his breath and with his mind, they have injected that man with poison And through his thoughts, he has been able to neutralize poison in his body. That's exactly the same thing that Seam is talking about. It's the same exact thing. And so everyone is jumping on the uh, the Wim Hof um, bandwagon, which is amazing because, again, through breath work, through nervous system regulation. What are we doing when we regulate our nervous systems? We are letting go of fear, right? We're getting out of fight or flight and into our parasympathetic. We are allowing ourselves to be in a state of 
relaxation, surrender, right? We are able to actually be receptive and receive where we can't do that in fight or flight. And so whether it's Wim Hof breath work or, you know, channeling galactics and having a session with Seema, I'm telling you, it's the same thing. It really doesn't matter. You really need to find your own way to be able to work with fear so that you can honor it, understand it's a part of the human experience, but not live in it. Exactly. And what, as you're talking about this, I don't know who Wim Hof is, but very, I, I love what this person is doing. Um, I think you're probably the only person in LA who doesn't know who Wim Hof is. I'm, I'm a little shocked. You know, I'll tell but... you one thing I've noticed about myself. I am late to all of these things because I am meant to experience it on my own and understand it to be true. And then I find these people doing these things in big ways. I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. Like what you're doing is real, (laughs) ma'am, sir. Um, And it is, and you know, breath work, all of these modalities, whether it's breath work, whether it's even listening to a podcast that all of a sudden has you viewing things differently, all it's doing is it's literally supporting you in rewiring your brain rewiring what you believe to be true. Breath work, it just supports you in doing that because sometimes our nervous system is so out of whack from so many different things that breath work really works in supporting that rewiring of that nervous system, bringing it down. And for some people, maybe they don't like, they don't feel called doing it through breath work, but listening to podcasts, working with coaches, reading books, it's all doing the same thing. It's, it's rewiring your mind. It's literally expanding your mind, rewiring it so that you can remember yourself in this way that is very true about your soul. And so you start believing new things. And in that belief is then what you create and what you experience in your life. And there is so much of our own DNA that has gone unused. And I've realized this is the part of our galactic DNA that's just put to sleep. This is why scientists say like, I don't know, 70 or whatever percent of our DNA, they call it junk DNA because they don't know what it's there to do. But I've learned with the galactics, when they start working with you, those are those DNA cells that start to wake up the strands, the wires. It just starts to work very differently. And that's where you start to feel things differently. You know things differently. It expands. And that's where fear, it just doesn't stand a chance anymore. Mm-mm. And so no. whether you do it through breath work or whatever modality you do it through, and maybe you do a little bit of all of them, you know, listen to your body. What does it feel called to do? Does it want to go to a sound bath? Whatever it is, all of these things are just literally giving us the opportunity to rewire our brains and rewire our thoughts so that we can actually be in alignment to the truth. And you always know what the truth is. And it's exactly what you said, Amber. It's not by what your mind is telling you is true, is what your body is telling you it's true. It's a feeling because the logical mind will sometimes be like, what the fuck did she just say? And it makes absolutely no sense. Logic and intuition 99% of the time will not agree with each other. But your intuition will tell you something and your body will just know it to be true. When I first found out I was a medium, my logical mind was like, really, Sima, you could speak to dead people? Come on now. My intuition in my heart, I felt something that was like a full body yes. And I'm like, what is this? And so listen to your body. It will give you the yeses and it'll give you the guesses, yeses of where you're supposed to go and who you get to work with and what avenue is, what's the right journey for you mm-hmm. to rewire and remember and upgrade. Mm-hmm. But it's all, our body knows everything. It knows everything. 
Yeah. And that's where we actually, like, we come here as a blank slate, right? We come here and like, we are, we're like fresh soul. Like none of this crap has been imprinted on us. And then we're born into these families where there's these people who have like all of this, like intergenerational trauma and their crap and whatever. And they're like, okay, this place is hard. I'm going to teach you how to survive it. And it's going to be miserable and rough and tough. And like, you got to like put on all these things and it's going to be tough. And I, you know, I have had the absolute honor of holding space for SEMA as a coach. And when we first started working together, we really took a big look at, is it true? Is it actually serving you? And what do you want to do about it? And we started there because so much of you getting to this space has actually been shedding all like the human bullshit that very well-meaning people gave you, right? Like they didn't give it to you because they didn't love you. They actually gave it to you because they love you and they were doing the best they could. And also seeing that with compassion and forgiveness and love and all of those different things, but also recognizing Ooh, yeah, you gave that to me because you thought that that was what I needed, but it's actually not. It's not helping me at all. Mm -hmm. So you know what? I'm going to choose differently and then doing the work to be able to create those new neural pathways in your brain and also changing the way that you exist in the world as a result. Yeah. And changing the way that I get to feel about myself because I was at a point in my life where I was embodying my true self, for example, getting tattoos in the Persian Jewish world. You don't get tattoos like, uh, uh, and and choosing to embody and be a medium and claim that this is the work that I do in the Persian Jewish world. You don't do this. Nobody's going to want to marry you if you do this Sima. (laughs) And I truly believed because I grew up in this community. I truly believed that because I had tattoos and because I was a medium, nobody would love me and want to marry me. And so I was walking around with this belief and what is that doing? It's just like suppressing me because it sucks. What an ugly belief. And did my family pass this belief on to me because they didn't like me? No, it's because they loved me. And in that community, they truly operate that way. And so I had to start looking at this stuff and being like, well, what is this belief serving? Is it even true? Is it true for me? Is it valid for me? Is it serving my highest self? And so to finally let go of these little beliefs that we are all given in our lives that are just not in alignment for us. And I think one of the most beautiful things that I learned along this way is, Seema, you chose to come into this family and to be so freaking different because you were also meant to be a catalyst for this community to see something different, to change, to awaken, to give other Persian girls the permission to be themselves and to show them that you will be all right. And you don't have to fit into this bubble and keep forcing yourself to be this thing that doesn't feel good to you. And then I realized this was really a soul contract for me, because if I'm here to help Earth elevate, then there's also this pocket of community in L.A. that are the Persian Jews that I'm meant to stand out in. I'm not meant to fit in. I'm meant to stand out to support them to maybe shift their mindset a little bit, to open up their eyes a little bit, because there's so many Persian Jews that are like, oh my God, Seema, like just seeing you embody who you are makes us feel like we have permission to do this too. And I'm like, yes, I'm not your permission slip. You are your own permission slip. But if me giving myself permission gives you permission, then by all means, go be you. And this happens to all of us in such little ways. And it's just about paying attention to these things and recognizing piece by piece, what were the beliefs that my family gave me that actually took me further away from myself? I recently realized, and this was such a, there's such small little things, but you know, in doing the work and working with coaches, it allows you to go deeper and deeper. 
I recently worked with this girl and she told me something happened to you at the age of five. And that really disconnected you from you. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit with this. So I sat with myself afterwards. And it's very easy for our minds to be like, I don't know what happened at five. I'm 33 now. How can I remember 28 years ago? Did I do the math right? Well, I'm so proud of myself. My math actually was good. (laughs) And so I sat with myself and I'm like, you know what? If my brain doesn't remember, it's okay. My subconscious remembers everything. So my subconscious will remind me the memory I'm meant to have of five, where this disconnection from self started. And so I was like, where was I at five? Okay. I was in kindergarten. I had started kindergarten. I was in that place and what happened and so on and so forth. And this memory popped up of when I was in kindergarten, I didn't speak English very well at that time. Mm. And so, because for the listeners, I wasn't born in America. And when we came here, I was like two and we only spoke Farsi at home. And so my parents were learning English and they weren't really teaching me English. I was speaking Farsi. So when I went to kindergarten, I didn't speak English really well. I, I think I understood like maybe 10 or 20% of what they were speaking in class. And my mom would always tell me being left-handed is bad. I was naturally left-handed. And my mom would be like, no, being left-handed is bad. She would take the pencil out of my hand, move it to my right hand and to keep making me use my right hand. And I remember one day in school, and this is the memory that came up. They were teaching us how to work with scissors. So naturally I go with my left hand to cut the paper And it's not working because scissors are right-handed scissors unless you use left-handed scissors. So here I am trying to cut the paper and it's not working. And then I see the teacher and the aide talking to each other. I have no idea what they're saying because I don't understand English very well. And automatically my mind goes, oh my God, I'm wrong. I'm using it in the left hand. My mom told me I need to use it. I'm about to be in trouble because I'm using it with my left hand. And that's why it's not working. And my mom told me using my left hand is not right. I must use my right hand. So immediately I grab the scissors and they want to grab the scissors from me to give me left-handed scissors, but I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Look, I could do it. I could do it with my right hand. And I start cutting with my right hand and it works. And I'm just like, okay, that's how I became right-handed. And when that memory came back up, I was like, oh my God, my natural self is left-handed. This little switch of being right-handed immediately disconnected me from a part of my authentic self, from fear. Wow. 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 You know? And these things, and these little, little things have happened to all of us in a million different ways, and we forget. And as you go on this journey, these bits and pieces are put together, and they're put together. And I never, and I remembered that memory before, and I'm like, oh my God, this is why my subconscious was holding on to this memory. There was a really beautiful piece in there, and that was when I started to be disconnected from myself. I started to tell myself my authentic self is oh, not wow. right, is not good. And then I grew up in a Persian Jewish community that kind of validated all of that because for us, it's really a one size fits all. Here's the handout of who you have to be as a Persian Jewish girl. Here you are, act like this or else you won't be loved. And so I could see how that conditioning was embedded in me from a child. And remembering that I can sit with five-year-old me and be like, Seema, it's okay. Like you were not in trouble for using left-handed scissors. You are left-handed. I actually sat with myself and kept telling myself, I am left-handed. I am left-handed. And that felt so good just to claim that. I started writing in my left hand, Seema, you are loved. Seema, you are perfect as you are because I am left-handed. 
And that was helping me come home to myself, just claiming that little thing of I'm left-handed. That is who I truly am. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's also where like we can claim so much, especially like when it comes to like our health and our body, you know, you, you and I talk all the time about talking to our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a, a instance, a couple, uh, <laughs> I guess like a couple months ago at this point where you, you broke a nail really bad <laughs> and, uh, and you're like, yeah. And I was just, I was talking to my nail in the shower and telling it was, it's doing a good job. And like, you know, just to heal. I sure did. Okay. <laughs> And I, you know, for everyone who know, like at that time, um, Seema and I were meeting like pretty much weekly for her coaching mm-hmm. sessions. And I watched that nail grow back in record time. So quick. Record freaking time. It was amazing. And for anyone who's listening to this, I had long nails, like acrylic nails on. And I knew that I was meant to take them off and like let my nails breathe for a while and just experience this experience of just having my own nails. I was resisting it. And I was just like, no, later, no. And one day I'm like cleaning and I hit my nail so hard that not only does the fake nail come off, my actual nail ripped off the nail bed. So it was just, it was all gone. And sorry, sorry for the yuck factor all. I know, I know. It makes you cringe. <laughs> I know. I feel like we we just keep like lubing them up and then just going no, straight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It was a beautiful experience because it taught me to really listen to your body. And it's not like, oh my God, you're going to be punished. That's really not what it is. But watching my nail grow out was a beautiful, beautiful experience of seeing how divinely intelligent our body is because I didn't have to do anything, but just create the right environment for this nail to heal and regrow. It did everything on its own. All I did was put a special ointment on there so that it doesn't get infected when it's an open wound. And then I would put a Band-Aid over it just to protect it. And literally in a matter of like seven days, it built this little layer over it. It wasn't a nail. It was just a layer over it, which then allowed me to have my hand underwater and touch things without it hurting. And on its own, it was just healing every single day. And it healed. It said it takes six months to a year for this nail to grow out fully. It took me maximum of two months. I don't even think it took a full two months. Yeah, I don't. I was gonna it, say I don't yeah. even think it took that long. I don't yeah, even think that took that and long. it was so beautiful to see that when we just create the right environment, our body knows how to heal itself. Yeah, and I would, I would talk to my nail, and I'm like, yep. I love you so much. I'm so sorry that you're going through this injury. You're healing beautifully. I love you. I spoke to the nail, and then I would speak to my left hand because this was doing all of the work because I couldn't <laughs> use my right hand. I'm like, I love you so much. I know you're working overtime to pick up the slack from your right hand. You're doing great. I love you. And I would just speak so much love into my body. And something that was supposed to take six to 12 months to fully heal took all of two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the power of our words. I remember even recently, I was, um, it was before I had my most recent shoulder surgery, I went to um, mm-hmm. get my my sling fitted. And um, she's like, okay, like, give me your bad arm. And I was like, excuse me? She's not bad. Like, she is actually fine and beautiful and perfect just Mm -hmm. the way that she is. Mm -hmm. She just needs a little tune-up right now. And this um, occupational therapist looked at me like, what? And I was like, you called my arm bad. It's not bad. Like, do you talk to everybody that way? And she was like, 
yeah, isn't that where your like birth defect is? And I was like, um, yes, but that does not make it a bad lit. I was like, do you realize that your words have power? Your words have frequency. Your words have energy. Yes. She's like looking at me and I was like, all right, you don't have to buy in, but just please don't refer to my left arm as my bad arm. You can yep. say left. Mm-hmm. She's okay with that. You can say my left arm, mm-hmm. but please do not say that. And even, you know, right now I'm going through a lot in terms of like, I need a shoulder replacement. That is an upcoming surgery. There is a lot of times where my shoulder is reminding me that we need to take care of it. And I'm like, Hey mm-hmm. guys, it's okay. Like we got that surgery scheduled. I love you. I appreciate you notifying me that something's going on here and you need tending to. And I promise I hear you and you're doing an amazing job and we got this. And really being able to have that synergy with our bodies, because that's where people think that we are victims of our bodies and we're actually not at all. Mm-hmm. We're in community with our bodies. We're in relationship to our bodies. It's one of those things where our body isn't against us. Our body's actually for us, we've just been yes. taught that our body is the enemy. I think that is the most beautiful thing I have heard. Our body is not against us. Our body is for us. It really is. And the symptoms are just talking to you. I so often tell my clients, talk to your body, put your hands on the body part where you're feeling it. What is it telling you? And it's so foreign to them at first. Cause they're like, what? I'm like, try it practice it because you're going to cultivate a relationship with your body to be able to listen to what it is it's telling you. Does it need a certain nutrient? Is it a certain emotion that's in there? What is it telling you? And it is such a beautiful relationship to build that with your body and to just know I'm feeling this because of this. Over the weekend, I had the worst headaches ever And, you know, there was a full moon. There was a lot of energy going around. And so instead of just popping an Advil or a Tylenol, which like I don't even carry those things in my house, I sat with my body and I said, okay, head, I feel all the pressure you're feeling. What is going on? Where is this coming from? They were like, we're releasing a lot. And I'm like, what are we releasing? A lot of old thoughts. You're being upgraded because a lot of old belief systems are leaving. I said, beautiful. What belief systems are they? And I sat down and I just journaled and I sat with myself and all of these beautiful things just started coming up of like, I'm really ready to shed this. I'm really ready to let go of this. And then I asked my body, what can we do to kind of, you know, the tension is really high. Could we lower the pressure? What could we do so that I could feel better? And I literally got this intuitive feeling, go get peppermint oil, put it on your temples. It helps with it. And I was like, Perfect. And I went out to the store and I got it to support just the process and what I was feeling. And then like, it was all gone and I felt totally fine, you know, Mm -hmm. and I learned what it was telling me. I think the biggest problem in our world is, is there's such a disconnection to the body. We have no idea what the body is trying to tell us. And so we take these certain things to band-aid it. And then the body starts screaming at us. And then we go take pharmaceuticals to keep band-aiding it where it's like, just listen. What is it telling you? And I know that in the beginning, it's hard because it's unfortunately such a foreign concept to us to listen to our bodies, but just start, just practice. And you may feel silly and goofy because God knows I felt that way. <laughs> I was the girl that was like, what the fuck is this woo-woo bullshit? What, <laughs> what are they having me do? I was that girl. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they would tell here. me to do mirror work and look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. I would look in the mirror. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. This is so stupid, but whatever. I'm going to look in the mirror. Seema, okay, I love you. And that's how I started with so much resistance until layer by layer, I'm like, oh my God. And I would just cry 
And I'm like, Seema, I love you, you know? And so I know for some people, this sounds so far gone. Trust me, just try it. It's going to feel really uncomfortable in the beginning. Just try it. I was there. I was the total, like, what is this nonsense? And then you start doing it and you realize how many walls you have around just this divine connection to your own intuition, And you have Mm. all of these walls so that you don't feel, which Mm -hmm. is another thing that has happened to the divine feminine of don't feel your feelings. Because if you're feeling your feelings, ah, she's such a psycho. Oh, she's so crazy. Oh, she's so moody. The, The most sacred thing about being a woman is our emotions. Our emotions is what allows us to feel so much, experience so much. It's the gateway to our intuition. Our emotions are so sacred. My favorite thing that I heard is that the masculine, I don't know if I've said this to you or not, but the masculine is the sky and the feminine is the weather. The job Mm. of the masculine Mm -hmm. is to hold space so that the feminine could just flow in all of her emotions. And we know the weather in one day can change seven times. And so for the masculine, when the masculine judges the feminine, oh, are you PMSing? Oh, my girlfriend's so crazy. Or all of the things that they're taught to say, and it's not even to judge the masculine. They don't know any better. This is what they've been taught. But that creates such an imbalance between the masculine and feminine. And then women, we start to think my emotions are bad. So let me suppress all of my emotions. And by suppressing that emotion, we're literally naturally suppressing that connection to our own bodies. Yeah. And that's, that's so much of where I feel like a lot of, you know, the clients that see you, the clients that see me, they're in the very, very beginning of their spiritual awakening where they're in the phase where everything just feels uncomfortable because Uh they're feeling things for the very first time. And you and I have talked about this so many times where we're like, well, once you wake up, you can't go back to sleep, you know? And like so many people are like, no, I just, I want to, I want to break. Like, no, you, you, sorry. Yeah. You don't There's get a, break. a phase <laughs> where it gets so uncomfortable. And it's usually that depth of the discomfort that people finally come to us because they're yep. like, what <laughs> they're like, do I'll I try do? anything. And I'm You're like, talking about aliens on a podcast. I don't care. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we're going to sit with the discomfort. It is our compass. And we're going to learn how to get very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. That's lesson number one. We're going to get very comfortable with the discomfort because that is the way through. We're not yeah. going to bandaid it. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to go straight in. That's what we're going to do. We're going to sit with it as long as we need to. That is the journey. Because if you're at that phase of your spiritual awakening where you feel like you don't know anything, Mm -hmm. welcome. Welcome. Like that is like perfect, like perfect ground zero. Cause like basically you don't, right. We have to like unlearn and then relearn pretty much everything. And I think that, you know, if I could really sum up so much that I've really been able to learn from you, see as I've been able to witness your journey, like so closely, like you, you are quite literally like the poster child for (laughs) being someone who was just so kind of like enmeshed in your, your culture and the supposed to's, and then there's like illness and then there's resistance and all this stuff. And then it's like, Oh crap, like I have a gift. And then what does that mean? And you do all this work around that. And then you're going in and doing narrative work and identity work and shedding all of this stuff. And people talking about this, like some people need to take multiple lifetimes to do the work that you've done 
in the past couple of years. Like it has been, we're talking about this, like it seems not that old y'all. Um, like it has been rapid. It has mm-hmm. been very, very fast. Like you have really actively stepped into a lot of discomfort in the name of growth and consciousness expansion and evolution so that you can serve other people. And so talking a little bit about just who you serve when people can come to you, that's what I would really like for you to share with people. Yes. So my soul really chose the most (laughs) in this lifetime. And yes, it's been so much work layer after layer. And it doesn't stop. I'm still doing the work. It's just the work has become fun now to go into that space to be like, what the heck happened to me at five? Like, (laughs) it's fun. It's delicious. It's juicy. I'm like, let's peel back the layers. And so for anyone listening to this, I know the beginning feels really freaking hard. I promise you it gets better. It becomes exciting. It becomes a part of your journey. It literally becomes a delicious journey of like, ooh, what else do I get to discover? Because when I peel back this layer, I come even closer to myself. And it becomes, it really, it becomes fun and it becomes enjoyable. But working with me, you can come at any point of your awakening journey. A lot of people are drawn to me in the beginning of their journey because they're like, what what is happening? And so between the messages from your counsels and just my coaching, it really guides you step by step from what's going on. Some people come find me in the middle of their journey because they're, they've gone through their awakening journey. They've learned so much, but they want to maybe understand and heal and awaken their divine feminine and work on that energy, or they want to understand their galactic side. And it's very much a, no matter what part of your spiritual awakening journey that you're on, sometimes I work with people that are very awakened and are very much in this work and are very much doing these things, but they need guidance. We all need guidance, you know? And so they come to me, but wherever you are on your spiritual journey, these councils are here to guide you and support you in whatever way it looks like. So it's so individual for each person. And I always tell every single client, especially new client that comes into the space, I'm like, look, spirit guided you here. And all you did was answer the call. And so if you're meant to hear this podcast, it's because you were meant to, because then it was supposed to draw you here. Your counsel is doing the work for you and guiding you. And you intuitively then feel called to go work with whoever you feel called to work to. And so anybody who comes my way, it's not a, am I ready? Am I not ready? Your gut, your intuition, there's this knowing that's like, I need to work with her and specifically her, you know, and your counsel has guided you to this. So all you have to do is answer the call, answer that intuitive call, go work with the people that you feel called to work to. If it's me, I am so grateful to work with you. Feel free to reach out to me, but that really is what it is. It's an intuitive calling. And just please know when you, Enter. I want to say enter the doors, but we're really, we work on Zoom. So when you enter that Zoom call, <laughs> it is really this divine initiation into this new part of your awakening. And it is so beautiful. And you will see that you are so loved and so supported. And your councils are going to send you all of the right sisters to support you in this journey and even brothers along the way, you know, and everyone and everything that you need is already being divinely orchestrated to come into your path. You just need to answer the call. That's all that it is. Yeah. And I think that that's where like you, you really practice what you preach. I have watched you come into a place of full embodiment with that. And it, and that was one of the things that in the very beginning you were like, I, 
I feel like an imposter. I feel right. And you're like, I'm helping people come home to themselves. And like, I, I feel like, and this was obviously, you know, at this point years ago, mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't really know who I am. And like, I need to do that. And because of your integrity, like you were like, I know that first and foremost, like to show up as a leader, to be able to walk other people through this, I I need to go through this. Yes. And you did. And you took that on so seriously. And and this is where, you know, I really appreciate having this podcast as a platform to really help all of you get to know the people who I call the real deals, the people who really are like the ethical practitioners, healers who are in their integrity, who are not going to be leading you and having it be like the blind leading the blind. Like, no, No. like this is somebody who at the very least is a couple steps ahead of you. And when we're talking about things like spiritual awakening and, you know, removing entities and cord cutting and connecting with, you know, your spirit cut, like that's big deal stuff. And so you want to make sure that you're sitting with somebody who has also gone through that themselves and can hold that space for you. And that's where I recommend Seema over and over and over again. And she's also done a really beautiful job, just especially recently in sharing herself on social media in a way that really just helps you vibe out, right? Like it's kind of just like, (laughs) yo, this is me. This is what I'm about. If I'm the person that resonates for you, like cool. If I'm not, that's fine too. And I know, you know, just going into that, there was like a lot of thoughts around like, oh, you know, I don't know what I should and whatever. And like now it's like, yeah, here's me sitting by the pool on a Tuesday afternoon. And you know, this, this, (laughs) This is my life that I created for myself. And it's not from that place of like, oh, well, your life sucks. And so you should come work with me. So your life, it's not about that at all. I hate that energy. (laughs) I I can't stand the coaches that do that. No. Like so icky, but it's ownership, right? It's ownership of who you are, how you're showing up, the, the reality that you have created for yourself, and also having a genuine desire for your clients to call in whatever their version of of that Mm -hmm. is for themselves. And I feel like there's just so much love and compassion. And even though you share a lot about where you sit on things, you're a very non-judgmental person. You're in a very neutral space. And that's something else that I really feel like gets overlooked a lot in the coaching space in particular, because people are like, well, you know, I need you to think the way that I think. You're like, no, okay. Like you can think differently, whatever. I'm just here to be a vessel and a guide and help connect you with, you know, your own intuition and your own inner guidance. And that's something I will get behind a thousand percent every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for seeing me for who I am and how I show up because, you know, I think I've experienced so much judgment in my life that it, and it was such a beautiful thing for me to experience because then it really allows me to not judge others. Like I may not agree with other people's mindsets or what I may not believe in what they believe in, but I will never judge anyone for that because if you believe in that and that works for you right now and where you're at, then my job is not to judge you. My job is to love you and hold space for you. And really that duality is designed in our world. We're meant to experience that duality because one of the biggest lessons for us is how can we interact with someone or something that is so different than us, but still meet them with love because it's so easy to judge and criticize and bash. And hey, it's, it's almost easier to do that, you know, but the lesson really becomes, how can I see someone so different than me? And maybe someone who doesn't even believe in what I do and is like trash talking my work and being like, this is fake. You're scamming people. Cause you know, we get a lot of that stuff too from the non-believers that just don't want to go into the space. And my job is to not judge them, to see them where they're at. They're deeply asleep. And I understand it's very difficult to wake up and the things that I speak about 
turns your reality upside down and you don't want to let go of that. So I see you. I love you. You know, even in that space, like there's no judgment. It's just everyone's where they're at. Everyone's doing what they're doing. And we're just here to love people where they're at because my love is the vibration that I give off. And I want those people to feel that love, not judgment being thrown back at them. Like I'm just going to neutralize that judgment and I'm just going to give you love. (laughs) beautifully beautifully said and so if people want to connect with you where are you hanging out most of the time if people want to book with you how do they go about that let people know all the things before i let you go um instagram is going to be the best place to reach out to me and like i hang out with my followers on my stories like that's where we hang out that's where we talk about things so Feel free to follow me, Seema Shamash, on Instagram. And once Amber uploads this, I'm sure I'll be tagged in it so you could find me easily that way. If you want to work with me, message me, DM me through Instagram. It's the best way to get a hold of me and we will connect there. And even if you don't want a session, but you just want to chat, message me and we will chat. And yeah. I love yeah, and also if you if you want to learn more about uh, how to like get toxic things out of your life, uh, Seema is also a great follow. Very into you know non toxic beauty. Uh, encouraged all of her followers to get rid of their uh, high end lead Stanley cups just the other oh day. Oh my god! <laughs> you probably saving lives, Seema. I'm gonna be straight. Got, I switched got it out immediately. Hydro flask, <laughs> which does not test high for lead. All of you who are listening to this, it has no lead. <laughs> sipping out of your Stanley cups, please get rid of them. Please do. Um, But that's the other thing I will say that even if you're not interested in like, you know, working with SEMA as a medium or anything like that, like I feel like there is just so much leadership that you share in terms of just giving people knowledge and information, whatever they want to do with it is what they want to do with it. But I really appreciate how much you show up and try to share and give back to people so that they can have knowledge and be empowered to make different choices. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for diving in and having this very, I'm going to say like, this was like probably one of like the best discussions that I've had in terms of like really letting people in on like what goes on, like in my (laughs) inner world. Um, Because, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, if, if you really know me, like we're talking about aliens and we're talking about like all that kind of stuff. And so um, this was actually a big step into leadership for me as well, being able to have you on and have this conversation and really just, um, yeah, show up fully and completely. So thank you for also being a catalyst in my life just as much as I've been able to be that for you. And I am just deeply grateful for your time today, Seema. Oh my God, of course. I love you so, so much. I'm so happy I could do this. And maybe we'll do even more of these to come. I was about to say, I was like, you know, (laughs) if y'all want to hear more about the stuff that Seema and I chat about, let me know. Um, I'm happy to have her back on and we can get deeper into some of the interesting things. I feel like we just brushed the surface Yeah, I was going to say, like, this was just a nice little sampling of all the things that we can can dive in on. So thank you so much. And then we will see you for the next episode. Love you. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.